G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of How to Make an Organic Farming Social Movement from scratch brought to you by the beautiful people at the Organic and Regenerative Investment Cooperative, otherwise known as Ori Co-op. Uh, right now, uh, I am interviewing Anthony McMullen. Anthony, welcome and thank you very much for your time uh, today. Good to be with you, Sam. Now, here's a bit of a background about you, everyone. We, Anthony is our font of wisdom for all things cooperative. So if you are looking into the cooperative world, you need to talk to Anthony. So Anthony is an expert in cooperative and social enterprise policy, education and development. I've got a few more words about him. He's co-founded the first cooperative co-working space. That's a, a name with lots of co's in it. I don't think there's many other businesses that could say they've got that many co's uh, in Melbourne and provides a support to a range of co-op startups and also works in community cooperative housing. So absolutely, you need to talk to Anthony uh, with everything cooperative, which is what today's topic is about. We want to unpack cooperative structures uh, and Anthony has been kind enough to give us his time to unpack it. Uh, so sit back with a, a nice cup of tea uh, and you will do some learning. So Anthony, what is your passion? What, what gets you up in the morning? Well, you know, funnily enough, uh, cooperatives, uh, otherwise music, but uh, I have a, a real interest in cooperatives as a way of uh, bringing people together um, around shared enterprise, um, people um, being a part of um, the kinds of uh, businesses that they interact with. So it's about having a different kind of society and um one that's more connected uh, and, yeah, when, when I'm not thinking about co-ops, I'm sort of listening to music, really. That's my thing. <laughs> I love it. And then, obviously, organic farming is there with your passion. Or is organic, so it feels like a natural fit with cooperatives, but for, for you, is organic and organic farming a new field uh, for, for you to understand or you've loved it your whole life? Uh, look, I come, I'm originally from a small country town. So uh, I'm familiar and, uh, you know, grew up with, with people that were on farms. I was, I was brought up in the town. Uh, and I do do some work with uh, various sort of co-op startups uh, in the ag space. Um, and it is a natural fit in terms of farming. And there's a long tradition of farming cooperatives in Australia. So there's lots to draw from. And there's also a renewed interest, particularly through programs like Farming Together uh, nationally. Uh, so uh, in terms of organics, I, I guess uh, I, I got interested in Norikoop because of, um, of Carolyn Suggett, really, who's just such a charismatic uh, leader. And, um, you know, I, when I'm at the supermarket, I'll have a look around and see if there's organics there. I can't say that I'm an expert in organics, but it, it sounds good to me because it's more sustainable, uh, less reliant on, you know, large companies producing pesticides and things like that. So uh, I joined Oricoop to learn more about organics and uh, to contribute, uh, you know, my um, expertise, I suppose, in, in, in cooperative and mutual enterprise. So... I thought there was a kind of a, a mutual benefit there for me, but I'm still on the learning journey as far as organics is concerned. Mm, that's good. No, we're very grateful to have you on board, Anthony. 
So the, the broader theme for these discussions is how do you create an org, uh, a social movement, I guess. Have, have you got some insights with your cooperative background around how, you, how do we do that from scratch? Well, it's interesting the word movement uh, it is closely associated with cooperatives. And so a lot of people that are passionate about cooperatives will, will talk about it firstly as, as a movement and then uh, secondly, as a form of enterprise. It does go back all the way to, well, it goes further back, but the, the real sort of um, beginning in terms of the, the, the kind of cooperatives that we have today was 1844 in Rochdale uh, in the UK, where simply a, a group of people that um, couldn't um, get good quality food at reasonable prices in their local community uh, decided to form their own shop and uh, put that in place and then um, the more you bought from the shop you'd get a, a little bit of a you know a share in the profits because you you own the shop together and uh, they also from the get-go decided that they wanted to be a principled movement so they had sort of principles and values uh, that informed the way that the business would operate. And when we think about that, it's really the original uh, form of social enterprise. It has a, it has a clear um, identity. It has a clear set of uh, values and principles uh, that have, you know, they have been amended here and there over the years, but they've, they've stayed largely the same. So in terms of um, building a movement, I think we really need to firstly focus on the why and the big picture why I think is when we think about political economy and we look at the, uh, you know, the distribution of wealth and, that, you know, we have such uh, a concentration of wealth, both globally and locally, with, with very few people. And that that's not sustainable. It's causing all sorts of uh, social problems. Now, the way that uh, people usually approach that is... Um, either by thinking, well, you know, if we, we keep on going the way that we're going, have more competition, then slowly the, the wealth will, will trickle down. It's not a, a viewpoint that I agree with. Another way of looking at it is that, you know, if, if businesses are going well, if the economy is going well, then we can uh, deal with all the sorts of social problems through tax and transfers. So we have, you know, higher tax and um, we have a, a, a strong social security uh, system, for example. So that's something I feel uh, very sympathetic to. But often the conversation leaves out, well, actually, how do we um, structure enterprises and how do we think about ownership of wealth um, and distributing opportunity more broadly in the community? And I think this is where cooperatives come in, because what you're saying is that the uh, businesses that we frequent or that we work in that the people, uh, not just an employee or a consumer, they become a member of that enterprise. And so you've got an ownership stake and you're sharing, you're distributing wealth um, at the local level um, in a sustainable way. Uh, so you, if you have that, you're going to get a, a better balance between the need for tax and transfers, because you'll always need that, but also be um, distributing wealth and opportunity more broadly in the economy. Uh, the great thing about cooperatives is it, it does have such a long tradition, um, particularly in the farming sector, but more, more generally. So there's, there are examples that can be drawn from actual 
real examples. And I think, uh, it, you know, it has some uh, aspects that are quite um, similar to the sort of social enterprise, mainstream social enterprise community, but it, it, there are some, some differences there as well that I think uh, make it a distinct part of the economy and a movement that I think is really exciting to join because if we're a part of business, if we're part of enterprise and that we're spreading the, the wealth and opportunity more broadly in the community, we're going to have a lot less social problems and we're going to have more um, sustainable, thriving communities and ecosystem. Yeah. Oh, a great response. Love it. And um, to me, it sounds a lot like if you've got this need or you've got this want to make a, a change or do something, that the um, uh, having a cooperative structure allows you to be fully a part of it and uh, you can own the business that you um, get your products and services from. Um, it, it just sounds like a yeah. natural fit. Yeah. Well, the great thing is, is a, it's all ready to go. It's called, you know, it's called a cooperative. It's uh, social enterprises have generally, um, not always, but often it's uh, putting a kind of a uh, income generating capacity into a, a, a charity. Mm. Whereas, um, you know, and some co-ops can be charitable, but with a cooperative, you've got, you know, you've got a legislative framework, you've got, um, a, a movement to draw from. You've got uh, the vehicles ready to go, and there are a lot of um, options in terms of the type of vehicle um, or the way you want to drive it. In terms of a cooperative, which I, you know, I can can talk about as well. Yeah. That's great. Well, can you can you give us just a, a step back and explain what a cooperative is in the most simplest terms, Anthony? Internationally recognised definition of what a cooperative. Is it's set by the International Cooperative Alliance. Uh, in a nutshell, it's really about a, a democratically uh, controlled enterprise by members that also has a, a concern for the broader community. And cooperatives bring uh, a, a value in terms of really three dimensions. It brings a social dimension, that that social good that I've been talking about. Uh, it brings an, an, an economic good, so the people who participate in a cooperative are deriving an economic benefit, and also a cultural benefit in that when you're bringing people together around shared endeavour or enterprise, you're building connections between people, you're building community, and that's really important. It's not really a... Uh, it's a, it's a self-help model where um, people are coming together to help each other uh, and it, it's about making those connections between people. But, yeah, it's, a, it's an autonomous enterprise made up of, of, of people, sometimes of other enterprises. Yeah. So co-ops can uh, have as members other, other uh, enterprises. It can bring, bring, bring those enterprises rather than actual people together. And you can also have hybrid versions uh, most common uh, examples of co-ops are, are farming um, co-ops or producer co-ops. You also have got a, a, a worker co-ops, um, various types of co-ops, and and yeah, funny funny hybrid type of co-ops that bring together different types of members into the one co-op, and they're they're a little trickier to design and run, but they're around as well. I love your description of a uh, self-help uh, that this is a tool for you to get on and and find that solution. Um, to whatever your problem is, whether it is buying farms, uh, organic farms and uh, 
getting people to help you buy them. I, I, yeah, self-help was a really good description there, Anthony. And then I want to ask specifically around agriculture-based cooperatives and whether you've got some examples or maybe some bigger ones that people may have heard of, but also maybe some new ones, maybe some up-and-coming cooperatives in the ag space that um, we should be uh, keeping an eye out for. Cooperative bulk handling would be one of the really shining examples. Uh, often... Um, not spoken of. You get a little bit of it in, you know, the interview might read an article here and there, but uh, cooperative bulk handling, CBH in Western Australia is is a very large cooperative. It has turnover in the billions. It's a very, very large um, agribusiness owned by growers in Western Australia, run by and for growers for mutual benefit. It uh, is involved in every step of the way when we think about um, you know, their involvement in, in the economy in, in Western Australia. So right from, you know, as the name suggests, storage of the grain, but also involving transport and processing and um, getting great export deals, all sorts of things like that uh, for for farmers in the region. The difference is that it's not it's it's owned it's not owned by, you know, one step removed investor owners. It's owned and run by and for farmers in the region, which means that uh, they can uh, receive a rebate on uh, commensurate with how uh, much they've used their own cooperative. So there are grower returns that way, but also returns back to the community in terms of infrastructure, but also things like, you know, grants and scholarships and all sorts of things, a little bit like, you know, more socially focused enterprises, a bit like the Bendigo Banks of this world and that sort of thing. And that's the real difference is that um, growers are having a say about uh, their involvement um, in the industry very directly through CBH and through the grower forums and things like that. I should say for rather than forums, it's not Latin correctly. Uh, there are newer uh, initiatives uh, which, uh, for example, there's, I've been involved in a project to do with some data, um, data cooperative for, for farmers. So farmers... Um, you know, uh, contribute it and use data in all sorts of ways. But often, you know, if you're using a, a platform like a farm management platform or something like that, often you're inputting data, it's helpful, but also the company uses some of that data and, and anonymizes it and sells it on, you know, to, to generate income for that company. Whereas if um, farmers can get together and uh, figure out uh, what they want to do with their own data, it can be quite powerful. So, it might be about measuring the inputs, the sorts of things that you're doing at the farm level. It might be around weather patterns. Uh, it might even be about quality uh, control and things like that. And so if you own and share that data amongst yourselves as, as farmers in a particular area, um, that means that you can, um, you know, control uh, and safeguard uh, your privacy, which is a really big thing. I would also uh, get beneficial deals in, in the broader marketplace with other businesses that you, you might have dealings with. And the whole idea is that farmers come together and, and share um, their expertise and their, the information that um, they can, um, you know, secure really beneficial arrangements for themselves. And it's kind of like the new, the new cooperativism is, uh, is really thinking about um, and a data and platforms and those sorts of things. 
So, so Anthony, you um, no doubt have many meetings with people who are familiar with cooperatives and people who aren't. Can you give us a bit of a feel um, for uh, the reactions you get from some people? Uh, is it that some people are folded arms, absolutely hate it, and uh, they hate it for certain reasons, and for other reasons <laughs> you have people who just love it for, for certain reasons? Yeah. Just a bit of a, uh, a summary of those two worlds would be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good question. My background is community sector, social enterprise. And so over the years, I've gone to lots of different social enterprise type conferences and discussions. And early on, we're talking a number of years back, we talked about cooperatives as a way of, you know, kind of a socially focused uh, enterprise. Um, often the reaction would be, in some cases, quite um, angry, uh, strangely. It surprised me to begin with, but people are very wedded to the kind of um, sexual enterprise model that's predominant, which is really, you know, often um, generating income off the, that's linked to a, a charity, a not-for-profit charity and that kind of model, whereas cooperative uh, is, is, is different in approach. So um, that would sometimes get some um, angry reactions. I was recently at a at a uh, forum where I was on a, a table talking about opportunities of cooperatives in community services, and there was someone there from a, a franchise, which I won't mention the name, um, that uh, could provide uh, some of those community services, and that, that was really a, a regular investor-owned kind of um, company. Started off talking about how bad not-for-profits are, and then uh, then started to talk about um, how cooperatives weren't uh, proper entities, they didn't have a proper board, um, they don't need to worry about things like conflict of interest, all of which was was untrue. And you kind of sort of thought, well, you know, what's good for this company is, is good for the region and good for the country was really, I think, where that, that person was coming from. But really it's about dispelling some of those myths and um, saying that what we need is a more diverse economy. So... Uh, we need some of those uh, traditional not-for-profits and charities. They play a huge role. You know, we've got not-for-profit sporting clubs and other member-based organisations and cooperatives and mutuals um, also are part of that broader landscape of more socially focused business. However, with the cooperative, we do have that strong emphasis on, on economic uh, development um, and development of people through education and learning about really taking responsibility in their own areas of the economy and developing themselves and developing others and the broader community while they're, while they're at it. I think where we're at now, though, is that cooperatives are, are sort of uh, have become quite um, fashionable, at least globally. And just this week, I haven't read it yet, but Ross Gittins, the prominent uh, econom econom economist writer, uh, has... Uh, you know, I've been talking about the new platform co-ops and it's really starting to become uh, an interesting thing to explore for people. And I just think that's just going to grow and grow. But the most important thing is to think about the different types of enterprises and businesses as different kinds of vehicles. Cooperative will not suit every sector of the economy. Uh, there are some things that, are, that an old-fashioned charity will do really, really well. And, uh, you know... It, it's really horses for courses and figuring out um, where where we can place cooperatives is a sort of a key part of the economy, but not the whole economy. You know, it'd be great to have a much larger share, I have to say that. <laughs>
<laughs> well, that, that ties into my next question, and, and probably the one we can we can start wrapping up on, Anthony. It's is a cooperative a key element to a, a social movement, or uh, as you're alluding to, it all horses for courses? So, what is the what are the benefits of a cooperative versus, a, say, a not-for-profit or, or charity yeah. structure from just in a, a broad sense from your point of view? Well, sure. I mean, often people will talk about co-ops and, and also sometimes um, mutual businesses as, as businesses, as enterprises, as, a, as an industry. Uh, however, there is that general sense that cooperatives are part of a movement and the, the sort of the broader social movement that I'm interested in is what's called the, the solidarity economy, which is very different from saying the state other thing. It's what it's saying is that we can more broadly own and participate in a range of enterprises that relate to each other in the economy. And that sounds all very highfalutin. What does that really mean? Well, in some ways, it's kind of back to the future. It's, it's things like credit unions. You know, when you join a credit union or a customer-owned bank, as they're sometimes called these days, is that you're, you're a member, you're a member-owner of that financial institution. And when you look at their track record compared to some of the mainstream banks, they're much more ethical and they're, they're, they're quite safe. They, they manage their money really well. They usually have a, a really good balance sheet. So you have things like uh, credit, credit unions, you have uh, employee-owned cooperatives, you have producer and farmer, um, cooperatives, you have mutually ins uh, owned insurance funds, uh, you can have uh, you know, even schools and universities, there are examples where you know uh, teachers and students play a, a, lead, a lead part in um, being part of those institutions. So, uh, and in fact that's often how the early universities were, were structured really, they were, they were communities of scholars. So in some ways, you're kind of going back to saying, well, you know, uh, what what can't we run in the economy? You know, how what how if the if the if the if the purpose is clear, it's for the, uh, it's, it has a both a social, economic, and cultural benefit, and the surplus that's made goes back to members of those enterprises, but also the broader community, which is a really cooperative approach. There's there's not that many parts of the economy that couldn't do with a lot more co-ops and mutuals. It won't be everything everywhere. You will still need um, the state to to run and operate certain services. There will be always those sort of investor-owned regular businesses and you know owner-operated businesses which play a part as well. And the old charity and um, you know uh, not-for-profit sector, which of course uh, do wonderful things in the community. Who is the economy for? If it's for people, is it for people and connection? Or is it for, um, you know, profit in an, as an end in itself? And I think that's really the difference with cooperatives. Yeah, it's brilliant. And uh, I think I've learned a lot just being a part of Ori Co-op. And uh, I'm sure everyone who's watching this has learned a lot about cooperatives uh, and maybe starts to, uh, is starting to think about setting up their own. Uh, Anthony, yeah. you, ha you are part of the, the co-op startup. Group, what's, where can people go to find out more about that so they can get some support to uh, work through their own co-op? Well, I'm in, involved in a couple of things. I'm involved uh, in Earthworker Cooperative, so I've been a long-time member of that. Now, that's um, environmental, sustainable manufacturing. Uh, I've also just started up a cleaning co-op, so 
Earth Worker Cooperative is a great one to Google. Uh, it's really got a really yeah, um, got a real soft spot for Earth Worker. I just love it as a, a whole initiative. It's a little bit like Mondragon in Spain and the Evergreen Co-ops in the US, where it's really just a community of cooperatives and people that want to develop cooperatives. Uh, you've got uh, Cooperative Incubator or Incubator.coop. Uh, that's a new startup. We're just about to launch an online um, community for uh, people who want to start up co-ops and want to advise each other. So um, it's really about creating a community of peers of people that would like to, you know, help each other out um, building building cooperatives. That's that's uh, a good one to to check out and. Um, Pretty shortly, going to be launching a, uh, a group of um, consultants that will be set up as a co-op. Um, so, for people who want to be part of a co-op, helping other co-ops in sort of deeper business development. So, watch this space for that. This cooperative nerds uh, got a few fingers and a few pies, got to say. But um, yeah, uh, it's there's, it's a building space, and there's and there's people that are doing you know wonderful things all over the place. Oh. I'd have to also mention Beehive in, uh, in Bendigo, um, which is really this uh, platform, a sharing economy platform built with a cooperative to, you know, they're talking about ride sharing and taking on Uber, but, you know, what if the, the drivers own it and the, the community owns it? So um, Beehive, B-H-I-V-E, is also working. Andy, that's great. There's plenty for people to follow up and they've had plenty from you. And thank you very much for your time and thank you for helping us to get Oricorp off the ground. There's uh, still a few little things to get us going, um, which you're continuing to support us with. But we really appreciate it. really appreciate your time now, Anthony. And uh, uh, here's to the success of uh, Oricorp. Yeah, absolutely. Oricorp is so exciting. I like to see organics in more places and cheaper and more accessible and just becoming really part of the mainstream uh, diet of Australians. So that's that's really well worth supporting. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about my favourite thing, which is co-ops. <laughs> thank you, Anthony. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for your attention. We hope you really enjoyed that interview. We are the Organic and Regenerative Investment Cooperative. We would love for you to sign up, become a member, uh, follow us on all the social media accounts, uh, connect with other like-minded people who uh, want to see organic farming thrive across Australia. Uh, please watch the other videos in our series as well and, and share amongst your friends and family. Uh, but please do get in contact. Uh, we'd love to chat.